am I with Seabus Super? Because I'm a builder and they take care of me. Well, I had an accident on the work site and they helped me out, no worries. Yeah, they helped me out real fast. Mate, they just get me. Because they are for all of us. Seabus, for all of us. To consider if Seabus is right for you, visit seabussuper.com.au for a copy of the PDS. I had to go about it, write it out and find it myself. And there's some stories I can tell you. This is the final word, Ashes Daily. It's episode 10. It's day five of the Birmingham Test Match. And it's brought to you by Seabus Super, industry super fund, hitting your retirement for a 1-0 Ashes lead. Seabussuper.com.au. Uh, the test has ended. It ended a little bit more quickly than we expected, and that might lead you to deduce one thing about the result. But Adam Collins will confirm that with uh, extra details in 30 seconds or less. England all out 146. They lose the test match by 251 runs. To think that Yay! Australia... Or a 122 for 8 on morning one. Remarkable. Nathan Lyon took 6 for 49. Pat Cummins took the other 4, 4 for 32. England didn't have anyone make it above 37. That was Chris Wokes who was coming in at number 9. They were routed today. The pitch didn't help, but the Australian bowling was outstanding. The catching was great. The umpiring wasn't. We'll come to all of that, but what it boils down to is a 1-0 series lead, winning at Birmingham for the first time in 18 years. Yeah, and uh, it wasn't the pitch wasn't that bad, you know. It wasn't. No. It wasn't impossible to bat on, but probably affected um, two dismissals. There, there, there was the Burns one, where, as Atherton said on television, like the he, he, you just get underneath that bouncer on day one, day two. But it, it cramped him up. It, mm. it, it kept a fraction low, and that was the first one that got Australia going. And then after That's that, just just shockingly unfair that Rory Burns got a bit of bad luck. I mean, <laughs> just just un- the universe is a cruel place. It's yeah. a cold place. And he started. He had a lovely shot to get getting going this morning, and for. a briefest moment you're thinking gee if they, if they can get going with he and Jason Roy then maybe they have the chance to get to lunch or something like that but no it wasn't to be I mean the second wicket to fall was that of Roy when he danced down the wicket at Nathan Lyon which looks like the shot of a player who isn't suited to test cricket the counter view is that that's the way he plays he's most likely to succeed playing his natural game the, the truth probably lies somewhere in between yeah. but he, he, when he fell for 28 they had the sniff didn't they they had the scent Australia and then Joe Denley um, got out in uh, you know not particularly flattering fashion because not only was he caught at short leg but he also referred it so that he'd blown his dismissal of course because he was out but he also sent something upstairs which clearly came off the inside edge and mm. by that point the fourth wicket fell before lunch that was Joss Butler I think it was no Butler was just after lunch it must have been Joe Root before lunch great catch actually by Nathan Lyon in it, uh, rather by Cameron Bancroft again at short leg that was probably the best catch of mm. the day um, Lyon superb uh, in terms of the way he went back over the wicket to Root after bowling around the wicket found the inside edge straight into Bancroft's hands it was probably more the face of the bat coming off even quicker had to keep his shape and snaffle that but yeah four down at lunch we were kind of saying it might not last till tea and and it didn't because Cummins got busy likewise line and, and that was that yeah it was sort of two an exercise in contrast from two bowlers and one was just Cummins being aggressive at the body the way he attacked uh, Burns and the way he attacked Bairstow later got the um the, the band of the glove that yeah, one of those, yeah. those um, unlucky sort of dismissals where it's technically off the glove even though it's hit him on the arm but it's taken a little bit of the elastic yeah. uh, you wonder if glove manufacturers could much make skinnier wristbands don't you have seen it <laughs> well, Cummins has been out that way himself he against, has. against India in yeah, the last, last summer year, yeah I, I, I did feel a wee bit sorry for Bairstow there because he referred immediately as you would 
given the way that Joe Wilson has been going. I think he had <laughs> 10 decisions overturned across the Test match. Ouch. But he got his last two right, and one of those two was, was Johnny Bairstow off the, yeah, mm. the, the, the wristband of he the He got glove. that one right after about a 14-second think as well, though, because <laughs> the Australians went up, went up, went up, thought he wasn't giving it, basically gave up, and then he said, ah, oh, yeah, I think it's out. Yeah. So I, I think Joe Wilson was just having a, a punt on that one. Well, he gave, out, gave Joe Root out leg before earlier in the day, and that might have been as bad as the Matthew Wade one. So it kind of taps into what we spoke about last night, Jeff, in that Wilson was frazzled, and like anyone at top-line professional sport, I know he's an official, not a player, but you do run the risk of the wheels falling off, and mm. it did fall off for him. As I say, he got the last two calls right, which I'm, I'm relieved for him, really. Yeah. Um, so a real so, talking point. So it was Cummins just attacking the body, and then it was Nathan Lyon doing last-day off-spinner stuff. He came into the day, I think, just walking out there with a bit of swagger, saying, yeah, last-day wicket, this is my bag, baby. And it really was. Um, he was... You know, as you say, around the wicket and over the wicket, switch both up depending what he wanted to do. When he wanted to cramp room for the, the right-handers trying to go through mid-wicket, he'd change sides, got, picked up the right-handers, caught it, short leg at bat pad, picked up the left-handers, caught behind the wicket, one at slip, one at gully, yep. one by the keeper. One caught behind, yeah, that's the, right. The ball to Ben Stokes, who is in excellent nick, and he, if someone was going to bat through the day, it was him, um, but he just got a beauty of a delivery that, like... Overspin, bounce, turn, pace. Lion was bowling quickly as well and yeah. still, still ripping it. And it just climbed on him and took that, that little edge through to pain. And then Moen Ali getting one to gully. How often do you see a spinner get a catch yeah. at gully? Yeah, that's right. The, the Stokes dismissal, they went absolutely wild, didn't they? And that was the ball after Cummins picked up Bairstow, I reckon. So, or maybe it was the ball after Cummins picked up Butler. Either way, it was just after getting a wicket mm. and they went wild because they knew the test match was theirs at that stage. I think England might have been 97 for six yeah. at that juncture and it wasn't long before they were, you know, teetering on the edge. Lyon picks up two on the bounce to be on a hat trick. Stuart yeah. Broad first ball. Broad first ball. Anderson and walks out. That? Because I'd, I'd wrote a piece a couple of days ago about tail end partnerships in the Ashes and you go back through the biggest partnerships for the wickets under past the seventh wicket sort of thing in the last... 12, 15 years. Stuart Broad's in most of them. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. in a lot of them. He's that guy who sticks around. And so to get him early, you know, it's not worth nothing, even though he's a number 10. Well, it goes either way for him, doesn't he? I reckon if you look through, you'd have a lot of first or second ball ducks as well. So yeah. Broad uh, did forfeit. So, so he, I don't think Lyon's going to get a better chance for a test hat trick. It came up on the show last night. We we, we referenced, I think you said, that the only thing that would make me happier than Lyon and Siddle opening the bowling together in a test match was that one of them collecting a hat trick. And, and Lyon had Anderson walk out, who yep. it wasn't even certain he would bat at that point. I think for pride he had to, but if they're going to try and, you know, there's always a little bit of a risk that batting you'll overexert yourself and yeah. and, and worsen what was already, a, a, what are they calling it? A calf, a calf tightness. They're, strain. They're yeah, persisting I, with tightness, but I'm sure it'll be deemed worse than that after this match. They were just leaving their options open, I think, for what they might do later on. But no, there was that going on. Now, the fourth innings line story is one that interests me. I'm going to write about it this afternoon. Before the game at Adelaide Oval in 2014. He averaged in the fourth innings of test matches across 19 opportunities. He averaged 34 with a strike rate of 79. In the 19 instances since then, he averages 29 with a strike rate of 52. This was his second five-wicket bag, of course, seven at Adelaide Oval in that in that match I'm reflecting on. But a lot of games he's been important in the fourth innings. Puna, um, back in uh, 20. 17, he picked four, four up in the second innings there. There was Perth last year at the whatever the ground is that has a lot of betting sponsorship. The, 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 the stadium. Um, the, the Perth the, Stadium. The, the awful bloody stadium at Perth. <laughs> so he's become quite a dependable fourth innings bowler. A long part, for a long part of Nathan Lyon's career, it was, ooh, fourth innings last day, mm, the yips. pressure on Nathan Lyon, he'll get the yips like he did at Adelaide in 2012. Which he didn't. He just had Matthew Wade drop about 16 catches off him. Well, yeah, and he took three for 50 or 50 overs that day. But but the point is, is that that always hung around his neck, didn't it? Yeah. And, and it took until, even after that Adelaide experience, I think it took a couple of other good performances on the final day to reinforce that he is that kind of 
a spinner. I was thinking about Nathan Horitz here, of course, 10 years ago at Cardiff. In that first test match, he mm. couldn't bowl out England. Um, there was a lot of chat on the OBO this morning about Cardiff and whether England could hold on, and Jimmy would walk out 10 years later and save a test match in the last hour. And all Monty the rest runs on from the stands and just says, give me a bat. Yeah, exactly, all, all the rest of it. But in the end, Lyon did do the job, and he was thrilled, and he's on 352 wickets. He's yep. got the 24th most wickets in test cricket history. He's three behind Dennis Lilly when he overtakes Lilly at Lords in a couple of weeks, which you, you expect he will. It'll be only two men ahead of him, McGrath and Warren, which is remarkable. And if he, in this series, there's about five or six he should go past, including Waka Yunus, Imran Khan, Malcolm Marshall, um, Chimindavas, Vass, like a whole series of high-quality bowlers who Lyon will probably overtake through the course of the next six weeks. He'll then get into the top 20 of all time. Like It just gets better and better, this story. When you consider that six years ago, when he made his first trip to England, he was left out of that first test side at Trent Bridge, didn't play at Lords either. Ashton Agar burst onto the scene, probably as much for his batting as his bowling at the time. But you're thinking, well, maybe Lyon's international yeah. career is over. And, and now two series on, He's by far the most important Australian bowler. He's played 87 test matches now, and there's probably no reason why he won't play 50 more. Most dependable spinner in the world, probably yep, absolutely. at the moment. Um, in, just in, in terms of test cricket especially, we've gone on and on about Steve Smith and co over the last few days, so you can just listen back to those if you want some, uh, some emotion about <laughs> Steve Smith's batting, but 200s in the innings, he was player of the match, of course, um, as you would expect, rescued Australia twice. But to go 1-0 up, I mean, that's massive for this side. They're, a, they're still a fragile side, as we saw on the first day. They've got their, their weak points, but they've got that advantage, at least, in the series. And, and that alone, I th- I'm glad just because it means it will make it a really interesting series now. England surely are going to win a test or two here a- along the way, but... You know, that just sets it up to be a cracker. Just got to look at the counterfactual of Australia, get bowled out for 150 on the first day or 180 on the first day or, you know, some paltry figure after winning the toss and batting. And if England build a big first innings lead and they win this test match, we're probably saying, gee whiz, Australia go to Lords in an enormous amount of trouble. Their plan hasn't worked. Um, they need to find a way through and ring the changes. And is Labuschagne coming in? Is Mitchell Marsh coming in? All the rest of it. Now you, you look at this team and, and they're not world beaters. Mm. They've got a few world-class match winners in the team but as a whole they're not anywhere near the best side in the world England haven't lost a test series here since two th- well for a long time I think it's seven years or something like that yep. it's a long time so you, you see a situation where England are under enormous amount of pressure they'll probably replace Mo and Ali with Jack Leach they'll probably get Sam Curran into the side they'll find a way to get Sam mm-hmm. Curran in and I support that Curran's a fighter um, he gets the Doesn't ball to the ground they, they'll have punt, to find a way punt Denley punt someone well, and, you know. I, yeah I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt that Denley's spot will come under consideration um, Jofra Archer will come in for Jimmy Anderson yep. um, evidently works is fit the reason he didn't bowl yesterday wasn't because of injury it was just their, their tactics they, they just were frazzled out in the field but we just really wanted a part time leg spinner to bowl to the yeah. set batsman and the new batsman yeah I, I guess they they were, they were keen on him bowling into the footmarks. Anyway, it didn't work out, obviously, to the left-hand away. And, you know, you, you step back from it all. England might have to make three changes. Had Australia lost this test match, they probably would have made yeah. three changes. So, yeah, it took, in, in terms of starting as you plan to go on, uh, it couldn't have gone any better, this test for Australia. It actually reminds me of Pune mm. in 2017. They, they, they came to a venue which was always going to not suit them in terms of their conditions. They found a way to win on that occasion. And, sure, they didn't win the series, but, gee, they came awfully close to doing so at Bangalore in the second test match and they obviously drew drew the, the third in Ranchi and went to Durham Shala very much in the series. This one, I feel like they go to Lords having almost 
got a test here they didn't expect to necessarily yeah. win and now anything's possible. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, maybe a change there in that Pattinson might be rested. I, what would be my gut is they might be careful with Pattinson and bring Stark in to add the pace and, you know, to, to maintain the pace and oh, have, have I, one yeah. really quick bowler. I'd be, but, surprised, but we'll I'd be surprised if Pattinson um, played for that reason. I yeah. don't think that Pattinson... He, yes, he, he did struggle in his last, last, last spell of the game, but he bowled well this morning yeah. at the very start. When it mattered, he and Cummins were both bang on at the start. Mm. So uh, I don't think Pattinson will be omitted as much as he might be rested, like you say, and they'll, and they'll bank on the fact that bowling at Lords isn't the easiest thing to do. Stark, for whatever reason, does it particularly well. Did so in 2015, did so in the World Cup. I think they'll give him first opportunity mm, there. Indeed. Uh, we will have a little break on the Ashes Dailies because there's a little while until that Test match, but I suppose we'll be back with you on the preview day, the day before the Test, to, to catch up on the news and see what's going on. We'll have weekly final word shows as well, the longer shows, and we've got the live show. If you happen to be in London on the 12th of August uh, at Hampstead Cricket Club, which is just two stops down the tube line from Lords. We'll be there with Jim Maxwell doing the the life and times of Australia's favourite cricket club. Oh, to hell with it. Exclusive. Mitchell Johnson's going to join us as well. I spoke oh, to Mitch yesterday. Wonderful. He's agreed to do the show. So, Jim Maxwell, this is your life. will be the first half of the show. And Mitchell Johnson, the story in his relationship with the Ashes will be the second half of the show. So, tell your mates, Mitch is in. Uh, he confirmed yesterday. So, Jim Maxwell, Mitchell Johnson, uh, the Hampstead Cricket Club. It's a beautiful place. It's where I used to play my club cricket over here. It's one of my favourite places in the world. So buy yourself a ticket, jump on the website, finalworkcricket.com. It's all yep. there. Um, tell your mates. It's going to be a lot of fun. I know the great cricketer is also on that night, but there's, they've got another show too. So That's you, fine. You you'll can, see the great cricketer somewhere else. You can, they've got plenty of other gigs. They're on they the do. next night They're everywhere. Well. <laughs> they're everywhere. Um, they're watching us right now. It's a bit weird. Go away. Go away. This is our podcast. You can't be, no, you can't be on this one. You've got your own. Go away, Sam. God. I tell you what, those guys. Um, nonetheless, this has been the, the final word, Ashes Daily. Yeah, finalwordcricket.com for your, for your tickets and whatnot. You can also find the link to the Patreon page there where you can throw a dollar in the tin if you want to keep the podcast going. We appreciate all your help and uh, much love to everyone who's done that. Jeff Lemon with you, Adam Collins. We're at Edgebast and the sun is out. Uh, the sun is out for Australian cricket. They're 1-0 up in the Ashes and uh, we'll be back with you in your feeds just as soon as we have the next show ready to go. Speak very, very soon. The show was brought to you by Seabus Super. You can find their fine work at seabussuper.com. We'll see you next time. Hello. So you know what I meant here. I had to go about it, write it out, and find it myself. And there's some stories I can tell you. Every day, hundreds of thousands of us are building a future we can all be proud of. For over 34 years, the growth CBUS My Super option has returned an average of 9.29% per annum for its members while investing in projects that not only create jobs, but something better. CBUS for all of us. To consider if CBUS is right for you, go to cbussuper.com.au for a PDS. Past performance is not a reliable indicator of future performance.